This episode is sponsored by Fingerstrap. The store sells finger tapes that protect your all-important fingers from potential injury and soreness, whether it's grappling, bouldering, or any other cool stuff that puts your fingers at risk. For our listeners out there, use the discount code M-O-N-K-E-Y-S for a 10% discount of any purchase. You can find Fingerstrap on IG, Facebook, or simply our website at www.fingerstrap.com.my Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rolling Monkeys podcast. This is episode 3 and I had the privilege to interview Adam from MBBJJ. He is well known for his commitment and passion towards jiu-jitsu. He loves competing and we talk a lot about that in the interview. Well, without further ado, enjoy the podcast. Alright, 3, 2, 1, go. Hello Adam, how are you? Hi, Thank you, you for being in our podcast. It's been a long day. By the way, do you know where's the most expensive Big Mac in the world? Just no. out of random. No, I'm guessing Australia. No, it's not even close. It's uh, Switzerland. Fair enough, I mean like Dubai is, has pretty expensive Big Mac. Dubai Macs. is quite expensive. I, but Dubai's Big Mac is not even close. Uh, Switzerland's Big Mac is six... Oh, sorry, it was seven Swiss francs, which is 30 ringgit. Really? I thought Dubai is more expensive, no? Hmm, maybe. Maybe with the current current exchange rate. going to pay 40 bucks for a fish fillet. Ah. <laughs> or maybe you got tricked at, M- at McDonald's, man. Maybe. Maybe mm. I did. Do you have a favorite uh, fast food chain? Favorite fast food chain? Does Nando's count as fast food? Well, yeah, you could consider Nando's too. Uh, Nando's, no. Nando's, no, Nando's is, is pre- it's actually cooked, uh, not like a fast food. Yeah. A&W, Burger King. Maybe Texas Chicken. I like the jalapeno poppers. Oh, jalapeno poppers is... Yeah, I forgot what it looks like. It's It's the... Potato fried and inside the jalapeno. Yeah, right. pretty much with cheese. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. It's like I haven't been to Texas in a long time. Cheese covered by a crust inside jalapeno parts. Oh dude, you know if there's one McDonald's that I want to go is in Switzerland. You know, yeah. you, you know why? You know, you know they have like uh, different kind of Big Macs, burgers, and McFlurry over there. We have interesting McFlurry too. I feel like the McFlurry would be fondue McFlurry. It'd just be cheese. Almost, but no, not fondue. Toblerone McFlurry. Okay, that's very that's very high level, next level. Right, next level. Yeah. There you go. We have weird... We have the weird McFlurry too. We have durian McFlurry. I don't know if... That's not weird. That's not weird to that's you? That's graceful. Oh, dude. <laughs> I can't... To be honest with you, I cannot even take the smell of a durian McFlurry. Have you tried it? You tried it before? No, I've never tried it. No, trust me, don't try it. Don't try it? Don't try it. It's it's just It's uh, not durian. It's I don't know what it is, but it's just not McFlurry. It's just yellow. <laughs> it's, just, it's just yellow. I don't even know if they actually use real durians. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about fast food. La. It's just been craving for burger for quite some time. You have a favorite burger joint? I had five guys in Dubai last time. Oh five guys. I love five guys, yeah. Cheeseburger. Cheese it's probably my favorite burger. American cheeseburger. Yeah. Can never go wrong. Cheese meat. Oh. You know, I used to go to this uh, burger bakar place in Tamantun. They're no more there. Oh, really? I don't know where they are. 
But oh, Burger Ramly, sorry, no, no, no. No, 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 Burger Ramly. It's Burger Bakar. No, I mean, I take that back. Five Guys is not the best. Any Burger Ramly Burger. will triumph over any <laughs> any burger in the world. Burger Ramly is the best. Dude, you know, the funny thing is, I have an American friend that came over uh, early this year. And she, this is her first time in Malaysia. Her Malaysian friends recommended all the foods. Nasi lemak, roti and everything. But the one thing that he, the, the friend said, don't forget to eat and try. Ramli burger. I mean, seriously, I don't think, I don't know, it's like a national food right now in Malaysia or what, I don't know. But I don't think it's considered to be something that you should try when coming. To, I mean, it's good lah, but. Yeah. Okay, Ramli burger. Yeah, but it's, it's not as Malaysian as Nasi Lemak. Right. Sure. And come on, man, American, you have the American cheeseburger. Nah, Ramli yeah. burger is nothing, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway, Adam. Uh, again, once again, thank you for coming. Um, right now, you are a purple belt. Yes, I'm a purple belt. Uh, the Marcos Escobar uh, BJJ Association. That's nice. How long have you been uh, a purple belt? I think. When did you get your purple belt? I think it's been a year plus now. I got it last year, April, after I competed in Abu Dhabi. Oh, that's nice. How did you do in Abu Dhabi? Uh, I made it through three or four rounds. Just one match short from the semi-finals. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but that's a good achievement. Just being there and to compete, that's a big yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I was going to come back this year and try to win that title because uh, I, was, I was short on advantages. so And I lost to the champ, so I felt like uh, it was a missed opportunity, but you know, it was a good experience. It's a good experience, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you travel everywhere. You traveled so many places, competed so many places. Do you have a favorite uh, competition? Like a good memory. A good memory. I think yeah. winning, probably my first comp ever when I competed in Sabah last time. I fought adults when I was like fifteen or sixteen. I was so nervous. I was so nervous because I worked so hard for that one, and I've lost every competition up to that date. And I and I thought maybe I I didn't have much expectations, and uh, I did well. So I think that really that's probably one of my best moments my life I guess man you were well you were bullying adults over there yeah that made it sweeter mm. Mm, right <laughs> so uh, how long have you been doing BJJ by the way I think close to I think it's about six six years that yeah. long but uh, you have also done capoeira yes I have and was that within the six years or before that I don't know I think I, I did capoeira from 2010 to 2014, mm. 2015, nice. and I stopped so, so I can just pursue and you know focus all my energy on jiu-jitsu. Ah, that's interesting. Do you prefer BJJ or do you prefer Kapoor or is it something that? I prefer jiu-jitsu. Actually, I've tried a lot of other things. I, I did some karate in uh, high school. I did Aikido before Kapoor, but nothing felt like jiu-jitsu. And it's not because jiu-jitsu was because my dad's a martial artist, so he's put me in like in everything, but you know, I didn't really enjoy anything at all. So I thought martial arts wasn't for me. When I did, when I stepped on the jiu-jitsu mats, call it fate or whatever, but I felt like, whoa, this is where I want to be. And I feel like my gut instinct was telling me... You feel this, home. Yeah, I felt like this is, this is it. Because I think growing up, because I, I saw all my friends, everybody had like their thing. Some of them were like world-class debaters. Mm-hmm. Some of them like played sports really well, and I was just that kid who like had was not smart enough, not like talented enough. And when I found Jiu Jitsu, I was like, "This is it. 
I've been looking for this the whole time. All right. Just yeah. ran under my nose. So, yeah, I was in uh, Form 2. Form 2. High, sc- All right. high school. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah. So, you mentioned your dad was a martial artist as well? What martial arts did he do? I think uh, he did all types of silat, buah pukul. Um, I th- he did Aikido as well. Ah. I think some boxing as well. So, right. yeah, he's been doing a lot. He just never had the opportunity to do jujitsu. Ah, so, I can see where the skill passed on. Have you, 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 you don't try silat? Have you tried silat before? No, not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Mm, yeah, but right. my dad has something planned. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay, see, f- silat people look out for Adam, alright? He's coming. Uh, Adam, so you've uh, you've competed in many competitions before. Um, is there one competition that you regret? You know, by not making it or, you know, didn't do well in it or something? Um, if there was a missed opportunity, it would be right before Saba actually competed in the Dumao East Japan in the in the teens division and um i don't know all my life especially in the malaysian community i think people at the time didn't really believe that or didn't understand the level or standard that we had and it was just everywhere is just the same so there was nothing different about competing elsewhere everybody was just the same but there was like this mystic concept where all these other uh great jiu-jitsu nations like japan america breeds crazy killers so when I went there and I fought the kid, I was just like, why have I underestimated and undervalued myself this whole time? Yeah, I ended up getting silver, but the way I felt was I won gold. It's probably because I won, you know, perspective instead of, of, a, of a gold medal. So I think it was, yeah, it was, I regretted not taking the chance to win, but I turned, every time I lose or something, it, it would suck and I would regret not doing stuff, but at the end of the day, I kind of find gold out of out of it some way or another so one way or another yeah. you'll find something good out, out of each uh, tournament and experience you yep. you went through right, it's good um, anyway let's let's go back to this interesting question I always ask this to I mean I ask this to many of my interviewers you remember your first role your first, first role. ever role where? my first role was in my first kids instructor uh, his name is GNT GNT yeah, yeah. okay yeah, he used to be a instructor at uh, Kaboko. Okay. Yeah. He's like Dr. Professor, he's a black belt, and he's a PhD. Damn. Yeah, that's like double black belt. Oh my god, that's like John Danaher. Pretty much. Yeah, John Danaher has a PhD, right? Yeah, it's just that John is from New Zealand and yeah. Jin is from Suramban, so it's <laughs> a, a great contrast there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember my first role. Uh, it was more of a scramble more than a role. Trying to survive the five minutes, but maybe I it was in a scramble. You were getting scrambled. I was scrambled. Yeah, yeah. For one, two minutes, I was scrambled. But I remember when I got in, uh, him into my full guard, I just held him for three minutes full in my guard. I just break his posture, and that's it. And that was my first rule, right? And I swear to God, I never felt so alive after that. Right. <laughs> Even though you didn't do anything, but you felt like you right. survived. Yeah, I know, right? Survive and thrive. No, I think my first role, because I was a kid and obviously rolling on a grown man, there's no way, unless that guy, some psychopath, would like to destroy me and hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I was just like scrambling around, messing about. But I was just more like doing the jujitsu drills. No, I think the first time that was more special to me was like when I first learned the RNC, the rare naked choke, or the rare strangle. Yeah, I felt that that felt good. Not because I'm a sociopath or a psychopath, <laughs> but 
the feeling of like doing jujitsu is something special. I don't know. Yeah, it's the accomplishment of getting someone choked, tapping. Yeah, some yeah. meeting someone, bringing someone to your to your mercy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Anyway, so uh, what else? Do you? Ha- All right, so you have your first row. You you actually did capoeira before that. Do you think that capoeira has any benefit to BJJ? I see so many people that does BJJ nowadays has some capoeira background. Yeah, for sure. I think capoeira does play a big role in teaching you coordination and right. teaching you certain certain ways to move your body, right. which has some similarities to jujitsu, especially in passing. Less about playing guard, but I think more playing top. Yeah, it makes you more agile because you move laterally a lot, which kind of gets you ready for certain passing positions. You have your signature cutwheel move. Uh, I don't know if many people have actually experienced that, but it's quite annoying to get a cutwheel from you. <laughs> <laughs> but that cutwheel is from your capoeira. It's, it's capoeira, but back then when I was in capoeira, I was not athletic at all. Jiu-Jitsu kind of gave me all my sporty skills. So when I was, so I had a base, and Jiu-Jitsu just added more firepower like just amplified everything I had so in a way Jiu-Jitsu make my capoeira better which is very funny huh. yeah but you much. stopped doing capoeira already yeah I stopped doing capoeira I just now all my time is just put into Jiu-Jitsu craft so I kind of focus on like sport science recovery stuff less than capoeira because I don't really need it so much yeah right now you you train almost every day right I mean, what's your what's your schedule like? What's your training day like? What what is what what is a day in the life of Adam in BJJ training? Um, pretty much wake up, have uh, I usually have eggs. I think I've, that's never changed. I always <laughs> love eating eggs, so I just have some scrambled eggs, hard boiled eggs, soft boiled eggs, anything that's eggy. It's um, it's full of good things, and it's pretty much it's very easy to make. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, put it in a cup, you microwave it. It'll explode a little bit, but it's 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 good. It's, it's I'm great. pretty sure you have a lot of experience cooking it by now. Yeah, should not put eggs I, in microwave. I gotta say that I think most times my mom makes it, so I can't really take credit for that. I right. just reap the fruit that my mom bore. Right. Yeah. The best chef in the world. Yes. Good. All right. Um, but um, yeah, I train Monday to Sundays. Some days I might take a day or two break if like my body really needs it. But um, ever since I started taking my sleep more seriously. And my mobility, and I guess changing the way I train. I can train every day, and you know, still develop skills at the same time, not destroying my body. Yeah, with everyday pohada. Everyday pohada is alright. It's just that I think everyday training to improve is more more important. Marginally gaining one percent every day. Yeah. Inch by inch, and you get there somehow. Yeah. I, I mean, I gotta agree with you. I have. I try to train almost every day too, but I just couldn't do it. I mean, the sleep is, my sleep is off right now. I don't know if I'm taking enough vitamins or what. But do you do you get enough sleep? Do you? How, I mean, you train like morning, afternoon, night, right? Um, I try to train once, once every day at least, but at max three times, I think. Yeah, mostly it'll be. I think I'll probably. Drill or roll every day is just that I'll add two to three sessions of uh, strength conditioning a week. Yeah. Where do you do strength conditioning? Uh, my house is like kind of a, a mini amateur gym. gym yeah. <laughs> we uh, we have kettlebells and dumbbells and three pull-up bars. I don't know why. I just like pull-up bars. This is a shape. I don't know. 
But, does, uh, it, does it help directly? Definitely. I mean, in terms of pulling strength, yeah, pull-ups are, are king. But also, I use the pull-up bars to do Nordic curls for my hamstring. So it works both ways. So I, I have pull-up bars for, for my pull-ups and the other pull-up bars just used for my hamstring curls. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So do you, so you train in New Wave KD, uh, right? Um, yeah, I train in uh, Marcos Escobar, Kotra Mansara. But I also uh, make... Um, off, um, I make trips to Leverage, Leverage in Datuk Sulaiman, Tamantun, and um, I I go to Kaboko a lot, which is in Klanejaya. Yeah, sometimes I go to open mats in Monarchy in um, MPL. Oh, MPL, Wisma right? MPL, yeah. Yes, yes. Right. MPL, yeah. I haven't been to that one yet. Yeah, I train in Bruno sometimes. You know, he's a really good instructor and he's a good tr- rolling partner as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, he's like one humble. of the nicest guys ever, and he's so he's he's so prudent, so so nice. Yeah. Maybe you can hook me up to do a podcast with him. Maybe. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> he love it. He loves talk talking and spreading good things. Right. Yeah, it's just yeah. who he is. Nice. He's yeah. very nice. He's a very nice guy. Very nice. Um, Adam, you're a you're a sponsored athlete, right? Yeah, I'm a sponsored athlete by Butterfly. Yeah. Right. So how how does uh how does one get sponsored by uh Okay so I so sorry for cutting you short but I don't really ha- I don't really have a plan like I said this jiu-jitsu journey has just been like a an instinctual thing so I started on the mats I knew what I wanted to do and so I think 6 months I think this was back in 2016 6 months I think it's 2017 I think it's 2017 yeah Six months before I got sponsored by Hyperfly, I bought my first Hyperfly gi that I saved up for. Because you know, Shoyeros are too expensive. I didn't like Kings. I didn't like Scramble. But I like Hyperfly. It's nice. I like You Can't Teach Hard. I like, I like the the message they stand for. And I bought my first gi. And I was like, told my mom, it'd be cool if I got sponsored by Hyperfly. Okay. Somehow, down the line, Hyperfly started like, you know, sprouting roots in... Um, in Southeast Asia, and started sponsoring Singaporean athletes. And um, so I went to Keenan Cornelius' seminar a couple months later, and the Hyperfly Southeast Asia guys were there. And uh, someone from Singapore introduced me. He was a sponsored athlete at the time, and he introduced me to Jordan, who's behind Hyperfly Southeast Asia in Australia. And, you know, we talked and stuff, and he was just, I think he just kept an eye on me. And later on the road, at the 2017 Copa around July, yes, July, uh, Jordan saw me compete and he asked me, you know, he asked me the the golden question, do you want to be sponsored by Hyperfly? And straight away, I said yes. Something I visualized. I didn't know how I was going to get it. I didn't ask, I didn't beg. It just was fate. And that's how, yeah. I think most of my career, it's like been fate. As long as I worked hard, I feel like Good things happen. Right. As, as long as you stay consistent. True. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's a very nice thing. Yeah. I like Applefy too, man. But uh, man, I gotta say, man, I um, I can't afford an Applefy yet. <laughs> yeah. You will. Hopefully one day. Be consistent. You will. Well, I, well, I don't train as much as you. That's the thing. It's it doesn't make financial sense for me to have. Right. Right. You know, expensive gear. But Applefy gear is actually very nice. I do like it. And it's like a suit. It and, is. And Kenny Reeves wears Hyperfly, so. Oh, dude, Kenny Reeves is one of my I favorite. I feel like John Wick every time. <laughs> as long as I don't get my ass kicked in training, I feel like uh, like 
You just need no. the head. You just need the long hair and the gun and you're John Wick, dude. Yeah. Probably you should show up uh, uh, in training with uh, with a suit. I should. <laughs> I think Keenan Keenan trained with like uh, everyday clothes a couple of uh, months ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was training with shorts and hoodies on. Yeah. And you were just grabbing. Talking about that, have you s- have you watched the video uh, by uh, Chujitsu? Chujitsu. Yeah, Chujitsu. It's by Chewy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually did some. Uh, rolling with, everyday, with clothes, everyday clothes right? yeah. I mean that was hilarious I thought that was I mean I, I wish we could do it here I don't, <laughs> I don't know yeah, if but any you probably run through your H&M H&M clothes <laughs> line like super quick yeah I need to get my old clothes the clothes that I don't want talking about uh, Keenan Cornelius who's your favourite uh, I'm guessing it's Keenan Cornelius I guess your mm, favourite my uh, favourite grappler grappler okay so when I grew up doing jiu-jitsu Every year I will find someone new, like the Mendes Bros. He was Lucas Lepre. There were so many guys I looked up to. Every year I find somebody new who's like, oh, this guy's this guy's a guy, man. I gotta gotta be him. I gotta be him. I gotta be him. And um, each year I just outgrow kind of everybody. Like it's like okay, 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 okay. Yeah, but I I do look up to Gordon Ryan a lot, and it's funny because. I I didn't like him at first. I mean, he talked a lot, but He's I knew mm. what he was talking about, and it made a lot of sense. And like doing a lot of the intellectual work, physical work is easier said. I mean, easier done. Intellectual work, like the work behind thinking and being an artist in jujitsu, like being a problem solver, it's not something people talk a lot about. And he talks a lot about it. I think that's what makes you really good. I mean, he, you know, from a dumpster guy. At 19 to winning ADCC. Oh, that's an amazing feat. It's insane. I like him, man. I I yeah. like King Gordon. I mean, I mean, I like his coach. I like uh, John Danaher. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I like John Danaher too. Um, I mean, I I've watched a lot of his videos. Some of my friends actually gave, uh, uh, bought some, download some videos of him, online. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the time, I I feel like John Danaher whispering to me. But the things that he said the things the advice that he gave is pretty interesting it's so different i don't i don't know how to put it it is and that's why i think there's so there's a special group of people who are changing jujitsu in a good way yeah because they're really bringing the intellectual part in yep most people in jujitsu i think most high level black belts are are more athletes and fighters right when i mean that they're really good at competing But they're not artistic. They're not being able to teach. So they're not really a teacher. Not really an artist. They're more athletes and fighters. But there are a lot of amazing teachers out there, and you hardly see guys who can teach well and compete well. And you, g- you have like certain guys like Lepre, Lucas Lepre. Um, I think the Mendes Bros are pretty good at teaching as well. You see Gordon. I see Andre Galvao. But I really like uh, Gordon because. Just his method, like his methods and things he believes in, I believe in too. You know, you gotta say winning those amount of medals in a short time that makes you special. Right. Wh- whatever your views are, it makes you special. Right. You know, I like Lepre too. I like Cobrinha. They all compete at older age, thirty-seven, mm-hmm. thirty-eight, and they're winning everything still. So yeah, yeah. Those some guys I look up to as well. Right. Yeah. I I do agree. Those people you mentioned are really good. I, I like Lucas Pereira too, man. It's very nice to watch. Talking about teaching, you teach in one of the MBBJJ schools, right? 
yeah prior to the covid covid like um disaster yeah i was teaching sometimes i fill in for classes for coach fang at um kaboko teach at kd couple nights a week uh actually i was teaching in seremban for a month or two uh-huh. going back and forth every tuesday and thursday teaching. which gym was that um seremban heroes brazilian jiu-jitsu oh ah, right yeah nice the gym in seremban too if i'm not mistaken kids class kids class yeah ah. all right yeah. oh yeah i did that in kaboko as well i taught kids a couple of times ah yeah i guess i'm like a journeyman but for like teaching oh you're t- it's not a journey you're a touring guy man yeah you two everywhere nice revenge tour now joking <laughs> uh, actually i did a seminar last year in penang oh after yeah my sea games debut it was pretty good i had a good showing i had fun time teaching you know some of my passing skills and stuff techniques and stuff like that how was it tonight was it good it was good it was nice. so nice. nice it felt nice to share your craft with like people who are willing to learn and they just There's just no ego. Just, everybody just wanted to learn. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's my first seminar ever, and I felt so grateful that I have the opportunity to do this. Oh, dude, you should do more. I'm pretty sure if you do it here or in KL, I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of turnout, a big turnout. Soon. Soon. Yeah. Post COVID. Yeah, now it's so. not a good idea. Now it's not a good idea. Um, anyway, let's jump back to your competition. There's this thing in some of the gyms that, not to say they discourage competition, but they don't. teach BJJ for competition purposes you know so they don't really uh, pursue in that path i strongly believe that competition makes you makes your BJJ develop faster um some gyms some coaches they don't actually encourage that because they just want to teach you self defense part what's your opinion on that yeah i think i think actually competing makes your at least your mindset and self defense better because You do jiu-jitsu for self-defense. Everybody on the street is game. Especially if you go on the street, b- both people in the altercation are caged animals. Both angry, start screaming. Hormones rage. Everybody wants to get into each other's faces. That is basically competition. It's just that in competition, they don't want to... Everybody wants to win. I mean, there's some malice, you know, with some, some bad people, but most times, everybody is game. And if you're not used to controlling your breath, controlling like your posture, if you can't do it in calm or you can't do it in class, how are you going to do it on the street? Yeah, maybe you're not going to do a bearing bolo on the street because somebody's just going to stomp you in the head. But your demeanor, the way you look, the way you feel, your confidence, the more you get into I would say pseudo altercations, calm, hard rolls. It'll probably pay off in the street because you're more confident. You're used to all these circumstances. Pressure, the yeah. urgency to actually react to yeah. something. Right. You know, it sounds very harsh, but shoot to kill. Yep, that. Not shoot to, shoot to mess around. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. Well, it's either kill someone or get killed. Yeah, kill or be killed. Yeah, right. Very yes. simple. So, do you have any specific? Uh, routine you go through before a competition like a comp prep what do you do what's your training like like a week before so um there's something i've been trying to figure out how do i what routines i have but the funny thing is my competition routine is usually i get stuck in the worst part of the bracket so that's my routine everybody gets a bye i don't i have to right. fight through all my matches okay so that's kind of like my routine 
But when that goes wrong, I feel like usually when I get I get a buy, yeah, my jujitsu like kind of kind of you know fails me a bit. I don't know. I think it's just my that's my sequence in competition. Usually, you know, fate proves that I keep getting in all sorts of bad brackets where I get most matches than everyone else. I mean, that's right. how my career has been actually in jujitsu. Right. Okay. But uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. But now I'm trying to. Due to the MCO and um, the COVID cases and stuff like that, I've been trying to normalize my routine in the morning. I wake up at seven. Let's see, wake up at six thirty. I pray. I do my bit. I drink my my white coffee, my check mm, hub white coffee. Right. That's been my routine. So when calm comes next time, after this COVID, that's probably going to be my routine. It's coffee in the morning. Really? All Does it get you things. jitter? Just you don't feel jittery. No, I just I just have a mad rush in my abdomen. I go to the <laughs> toilet. It's all business from there. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. But right now it's that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to normalize it every day. 7 a.m. You know, 6:30 a.m. Pray, do your bit, drink your coffee, and I'm work, working on my pre-com routines. Probably just a simple warm-up. You know, a prayer maybe. And we're good to go. I try not to try not to anchor too much on our, the the small stuff. Right, right. Whatever happens, yeah. happens. You train. You've yeah. practiced. Everything should have been done prior to competition. That. Yeah, that's what I believe in. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, when you roll during competition, are you a submission hunter or do you consider yourself positional? Yeah, positional. I'm. I'm still trying to find that sweet spot in between. Because some comps, I'm going out after everybody's heads, and some comps, I'm just racking up points. But racking up points does make me feel more comfortable. So if if you know. Um, shit goes south. You know, I'm not gonna scramble around and waste a lot of energy to gain points. I'm on top. Uh-huh. I stay on top and I pick my shots. Right. You know? But I do want to be more submission based. I feel that's the essence of jujitsu. Hence, why I like guys like Gordon. I like uh, Lachlan Giles. Um, they focus more on submission than points. Yeah, Lucas right. Lepri. Lucas Lepri is pretty good. Hodger, Hodger Gracie. Hands down, probably one of my favorite guys ever. Just like Gordon, just as dominant as Gordon, but you know he does more gi. Yeah, know someone. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I have this, you know, whenever whenever I roll, I remember um, some of my coaches um, when they were preparing for competition, they have this mentality of scoring first. Hundred percent. You should yeah, score why, first. Why? Why is that? Why is that? Yeah. Like first? I do feel like. Yeah. I'm I'm actually funny enough. I'm actually kind of a slow starter in com. Right. Everybody's probably like jumping all over the place, yeah. and I'm probably still getting my my warm up on in com. I'm trying to change that a little bit. Trying to be more game. I'm always game, but just in terms of action, sometimes I may be step behind and that might not be good at other times. So yeah, being first keeps you on top of the scoreboard. It makes that other guy chase you, so that guy makes more mistakes. But also the guy will be more hungry, so could work uh, both ways. It's a double-edged sword. Right. Either the guy like chases you so much he makes mistakes, or he's just more hungry to get you. Right. Yeah. Huh. So it's a double-edged sword for sure. But yeah, I think it's probably one of the most important uh, mindsets in comms: be first and shoot to kill. Be first, shoot to kill. And be intentional. Everything you do must have intention. That's hundred percent. What a lot of people miss most of the time is like, why do you train? I I don't know. Yeah. Misintention. Why you drink water? No intention. Everything has a purpose. Has a purpose. True. 
I the agree. more you understand that purpose, the less you're gonna be dumbfounded and like lost. It's good advice. Yeah. Right. It's good advice. Yeah. Right. So, uh, what kind of guard do you play? Do you play open guard? Do you play lapel? Like. Uh, I don't like to play lapel so much. I feel like it kind of slows down the game too much, and I might be a bit exciting. But you know, I play a lot of Delaheva and um, Lasso, open guard. Basically, I play all guards. I just use them at the right time. Right. I try to be less of a specialist because it can, things can go south and you might not be able to be good in all positions rather than a person who's like Lepri, Gordon. Like these guys are so knowledgeable that they can play every position and that's why you don't see them ever get caught by by chance. Right. They're so precise mm-hmm. and that's why they win. So that's what I'm trying to do, just be precise, be knowledgeable in everything. That's good. That, that's a good yeah. advice. Yeah, learn everything. Don't have to master s- specific skills. Um, lapel guy. That's an interesting thing. Uh, should mention. Lapel guy is pretty new. It's like a new. I wouldn't say it's new. It's something that hasn't hasn't been popular. It's, yeah, it's, it's been around back then. It's just that you know, Keenan kind of kind of pushed cool. the standard a little bit by using it again and again, making it his A game. But guys like Cobrini have done stuff like the. Lapello Plata and stuff like that, Cashinho. But Keenan, yeah, he's put in the Wurunga. I think the Wurunga is a bit different. Yeah, he, he invented so many lapel. I don't even know how many lapel guard he invented. The worm guard, yeah, the what? I don't know how many. Thing. Yeah, he has a lot of innovations for sure. Nice, yeah. Pushing so, up the, the gi, but also making the gi more boring because everybody's stalling all the time. Yeah. They, they're so. They're, s- they're gifted with the lapel so they just hold people hold forever and just becomes a stalling match it can right. be a bit boring yep I get what you mean so I mean this uh, this, just, I just want to get your opinion on this so lapel gut should white belts learn lapel gut it's something that is is it something useful uh, I think it is especially like trying to gain confidence if you have something to fall on like yeah you need to learn how to shrimp you need to learn close guard arm bars the basics are important but you know, if you want to dive into lapel guard to slow down the high belt that's constantly like ravaging and making your life miserable, why not? End of the day, technique is technique. I think everybody should be free to to learn everything. Except heel hooks, you gotta be, you gotta have a again intention, a good mindset between like behind heel hooks because if you have malice, your training partner doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, you're gonna injure someone. You're gonna injure someone. I do agree. You don't wanna yeah. mess with that. Dude, I I mean that yeah, that's the other one, you know. Um lake locks, lake attacks. I mean I'm a big fan of John Daniel, but just most of the things, you know, white belts can't do. I mean if you do submission grappling, if you do no gi sh- yeah, it should be yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can do whatever you want as long as your instructor gives you the the go, the green light. Yeah. Um anyway Adam, so so right now, well, right now it's MCO anyway. So there's no competition. Yeah, hopefully things settle down and the EDCC trials in Singapore um, is on. And I want to do that and win my ticket for the EDCC World Championships next year. Nice. There's no other Malaysian before this in EDCC, right? I mean, I think um, our our black belt Ian has oh, done yeah. some EDCC comps, but not like EDCC trials. This is like the biggest things. In Southeast Asia, when it comes to EDCC, I think the EDCC trials is so big. And you're going to see so many black belts from Kazakhstan, especially this is the Oceania and Asia trials. You see guys from Kazakhstan, Australia, Japan, Singapore, of course. 
Thailand. Everybody's coming down, throwing down to get like, the ticket. Damn, you know what? That discussion with DCC about DCC is going to be huge and it's going to be long. So I'm not going to do it right now. We're going to do it next time when we when you come to our podcast. Yeah. Right. So that's a teaser to our audience. Nice. <laughs> anyway, last word. Any last words, uh, Adam? Uh, this is my first podcast and it's quite it's quite nice. Yep. Yeah. I feel yeah. I'm about to like blow a shotgun and just Really? Talk. You feel that way? Okay. I'm just about to like talk and on and on and on about stuff, but you know it was good. It was good. I'm I'm controlled. Oh yeah. yeah. Not like when you're rolling. You don't control when you roll. This is pretty much very controlled Adam right now. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So, thank you Adam for coming. In the words of Osiander, go train. Go train. All right. Don't be lazy. We really hope to have you uh, in our podcast soon. Next discussion will be on ADCC. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Alright. Let me see. We're gonna go into training mythologies and stuff. Like oh that. wow! You see, guys, that's what you get for the next episode. So, anyway, um, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Let's do this again. Nice. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.